Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now it's time to get to work. So, Ian, I think it's only fitting that we start the podcast off with a tribute to a man who brought us the turducken, uh, Thanksgiving tradition, uh, a tribute to a man who brought uh, more than a couple generations the game of football in video game form. Uh, everybody experienced this man in their own way. I still hear his voice yelling the word boom as he circles something and draws a line on a telestrator. While talking to the great Pat Summerall, uh, while announcing football games, I still remember uh, the All Madden team. So you know who we're talking about here when John Elway would get put on the All Madden team. Um, and so we are, uh, we like the rest of the NFL community are are saddened to hear of the news of the passing of John Madden, who is an icon of the game, is someone who has really shaped the way. Uh, people today consume the NFL. It's a big part of that. And as a Bronco fan, our connection to him as Broncos country uh, is even that much greater. He uh, was the head coach of the Oakland Raiders, a team that Denver had to get past in their rise to success, and someone who will always be a part of, of my NFL life, right? Someone who has been been a part of what I have experienced as a fan of the NFL my entire life. As I tweeted out after I heard the news, 
that John Madden had died at the age of 85, you would be hard-pressed to find someone who changed and impacted the NFL as much as John Madden. He was a coach. He was a broadcaster, gaming. At some point over the course of almost 50 years in the NFL, and this is after he retired as a coach, and he retired from coaching because he hated flying, got into broadcasting, and then his video game. I I mean, even Jerry Jones said few people have changed or impacted the NFL as much as John Madden. And for Broncos fans, there's obviously the rivalry with Tom Jackson screaming, it's all over, fat man. But it's also because when he broadcast your team's game, you knew it was a big game. And one thing that I remembered as I was thinking about all the the ways that I remembered John Madden doing Broncos games, and we were fortunate enough to have Pat Summerall and John Madden do so many Broncos games was because of John Elway. He broadcast John Elway's last game. He and Pat Summerall did Super Bowl 33 in Miami. And I just I thought that was fitting given the the rivalry between the Broncos and the Raiders. And that's that's what I remember. It it, it was there was no better way to end it. I mean, you have John Elway winning his second Super Bowl, winning the Super Bowl MVP, being pulled off the field, but also having Pat Summerall and John Madden do that game. It was a it was a huge moment in in the history of the Denver Broncos. And I do love the the connection there and it has been uh, an incredible connection. You brought up one of the greatest moments in Broncos history uh with Tom Jackson yelling it's all over fat man. Um in that 1977 season when the Orange Crush defense essentially drags the offense, which we've seen a few times here in Broncos country, drags that offense to the Super Bowl. And they have to get past the the Oakland Raiders. The Oakland Raiders were the team that they saw as the big brother almost, right? The guy you've got to get around if you're going to find success. And when they finally beat them in the regular season, that was the moment and if you talk to, to fans of the team from the 70s, you talk to the old man, talk to your mom, they'll tell you that was the moment when they won that regular season game. That was the moment when they believed. In that, Oakland. In Oakland. They believed they could win the Super Bowl. Now, they didn't go and win the Super Bowl, but they made it. They made it to the Super Bowl. And By beating the Raiders they, in the AFC Championship game on January 1st, 1978. That's right. At Old Mile High Stadium. So – it is another thing that continues to sort of tie John Madden in to what we're doing here, right? To, to the success of the NFL, to the point where you have people like us sitting down and recording our uh, podcast to talk about our favorite team. And I, I am. I'm sort of drawing a line there from what John Madden was as a coach to eventually a broadcaster who – brought the game into your living room every Sunday and on Thanksgiving and on Sunday night football with Al Michaels. If you remember, he, uh, he was in you know, on NBC as well. Uh, and then also into your gaming console as someone who now my kid knows the name Madden 
because he likes to play the football game on his PlayStation. He never saw John Madden do a football game, never watched him coach, never never heard him uh, yell boom as he was uh, you know, circling and, and drawing lines on a telestrator. He didn't he didn't have that experience. But he talking about the decleter. Talking about the decleter, yeah, very good. And it, he has a huge and profound impact on so many generations of football fans that we have to pause and we have to stop and and you know honor the man that he was and and really say thank you for everything that he did because he did make the NFL better. I, w- I will say this: I hear his voice. Uh, on my radio as I'm driving two or three times a week because of when I leave, there's a radio show with Tom Waddle out here in the Chicagoland area. And if you don't know who Tom Waddle was uh, or is, he played football for the Chicago Bears. He was one of those guys that was tough as nails. He went over the middle. He'd get hit, probably concussed several times in his career. He talks about it. And they play a clip to introduce the show of John Madden talking about Tom Waddle, he can't run, he can't catch, but he had an all-time day in smelling salts. And this that was his way of saying, John Madden saying, he's a great player, he's a tough guy. And that was always something that was very important to John Madden. And we know player safety is different now, and uh, he probably looked at the league in, in a different way today than he did back then. But he's that's the type of broadcaster he was the type of person he was the type of impact he had that people use his stuff in areas where he wasn't really he wasn't the main guy in Chicago he wasn't you know but he was that important the other thing that he did is he changed how people watch the game the way that he broadcasted the game and the things that he talked about we call them maddenisms because they were so obvious but no one else had done it like him before and now everyone mimics what he did because of how he did it. And obviously there's always the the Brett Favre, well, he's not going to be able to see without his contacts, Pat. But that he made it fun. He I mean it it just he changed the way people watch the game of football, how they think about the game of football, introduced generations and millions of kids to football because of his video game. Hey. And it, it just, it, he is a legend who will live on beyond his time. I mean, if, if you were to put people of influence on the NFL, John Madden would have to be on, on Mount Rushmore. He is one of the foremost influential people in the history of this game because of what he did. Yeah, I, he's 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 on the list. He might be at the top of the list because of the what he the things that he did in the modern era right uh and you know that is when the nfl really exploded was the modern era of the nfl and john madden's influence i I think it's a really fascinating look at someone who loved what he did absolutely believed that that it was just the greatest thing in the world and got the most out of it and capitalized on the thing that he loved the most and good for him and and even better for the rest of us because we got to experience it and because of the way that he as you said changed the league so you know rest in peace i don't really have the words it's not something i'm good at but he will be missed by many uh, and his legacy will live on forever in the nfl boom good way to end that i like it so 
Now let's jump. Let's jump in uh, and talk about what's going to happen in week 17, which uh, feels weird that we're not talking about the last game of the season. I just am going to point that out here. Uh, it feels weird to get to this point in the season and know that there's still another game after this because I, I, w- I keep looking at it going, oh, it's, it's season's over. This season's over. The season's, season's not over. Uh, the Broncos are not playing their final game. They're in their penultimate game, uh, playing on the road in a home game against the Los Angeles Chargers. And unfortunately, it's not the final week of the season because, yet again, the Broncos are playing meaningless football at the end of the season. Yay. <laughs> you know, we got meaningful football in December, which is what we wanted. We're just not going to get it in January. and that's- We got meaningful football, but it wasn't meaningful to the Broncos because they didn't show up. That is that is the caveat, right? That's the thing that needed to happen, right, as far as the, the John Madden obvious point or obvious statement. They needed to show up to win, and they didn't, so... <laughs> I like the, we'll pay, you know, a little paying our homage there to, to John Madden and, and saying something obvious. I like it. I like it a lot, but uh, we're going to be stating the obvious a lot on this podcast. Just enjoy it. Just, just come on with us. Captain obvious is here. We're going to do our best to, to enjoy that. But uh, going into this chargers matchup, we had an interesting discussion before uh, we started recording and I, I don't think we're going to get too far into it, but it is interesting to note that it looks like the Chargers will have more than likely the full complement of players. Uh, they had some issues with COVID and players that were going to be out. And then the CDC changed their guidelines. The NFL changed their protocols. And Mike Williams, Chris Harris, uh, who's the other guy? Adder- Adderley. I can't, I'm trying to think of his name. Uh, they will be more than likely back, depending on how they react to uh, COVID and what their symptoms are. And whether they're vaccinated whether or not. Whether they're vaccinated or not, there's a there's a lot going on there with that as well. So and they were already going to get Austin Eckler back. Exactly. So this isn't going to be a, a you know a team that is missing their pieces. There's the the pieces to the puzzle are there, and the Broncos are going to have a challenge in front of them. So it will be a difficult game. And the Chargers were just embarrassed by the hapless Houston Texans, quarterbacked by Davis Mills. And they were torched by Rex Burkhead in the year 2021. <laughs> Rex Burkhead torched the Los Angeles Chargers on the ground in 2021. I didn't even know he was still in the league. I didn't either. It was that was amazing news. Uh, you know, that was one of those they they do a. Uh, um, they do a segment on uh, the fantasy football now on on uh, NFL Network that helps no one. I guarantee that for fantasy football purposes, all of those Rex Burkhead points that helped no one. No one had Rex Burkhead playing. If you did, if you did, reach out to me. I want to see what your score looked like. I want to see your starting lineup. I want to see how devastated you were at running back that you had to dive into the Rex Burkhead. Uh, bargain bin of running backs to help your fantasy football team because nobody had that guy. No one had the Texans winning either. I mean, there may have been a few like money line bets, but they were without Brandon Cooks too. I I mean, and now they're going to be coming home where it's going to be 
a Broncos home game, but they need to win this game. And they they are a playoff team, and I, I get it. The Broncos aren't mathematically eliminated yet, but it is less than 1%. They have to win it out, which means they have to beat the Chargers and the Chiefs, and then like eight things need to happen. So you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> no, there's not a chance. We're, we are uh, sort of – we're going to just go with the fact that it, they're out. I, and and yeah. I know that, like you said, the mathematics of it all, uh, we don't do math here. It's too much work. They're out. And as you said, that will probably impact the way that they approach the game and will, and the way that the players play. And I know that they're professionals and, you know, you'll get the people that say this is their job and they're going to go out and do their job. And I totally agree with that. At the same time, it does – it does change motivationally how you approach a game when you know you're pretty much done, that there's no no real scenario there for you. And so going into this game, it it will be difficult for them to find the motivation to get a win. I, I agree with you on that. The hope is that they are professional enough to realize that the job now is to play spoiler, is to mess other teams up moving forward so that they don't have as high a seed or they don't get in or whatever. They can They've do done that a good job Chargers. of playing spoiler already. They they only did it to themselves, though. <laughs> they spoiled their own chances. Now could they possibly spoil someone else's? So, See, uh, you can't get into the playoffs if you don't win the games that you need to win to get into the playoffs. Boom. Boom. Just like that. So – they and the best, also, and the best way to to play spoiler is to win the games that keep your opponents from getting into the playoffs by winning. I love it. It's fantastic. It's, just, it's fantastic. The other thing that's going to happen is it looks like probably Drew Locke's going to be the quarterback. We standing here on a Tuesday night as we record heading into week 17. I, I guess we don't know for certain that that's going to happen, but more than likely that's the scenario. Drew Locke's going to get another start. If he doesn't, there's going to be some conspiracy theories. Yeah. I you know what? I'm sort of done with all that. I I'm I'm done with the the Drew Lock should have started all year BS. I'm done with the whining and complaining. The the there are fans out there, there's a a group of fans out there that believe that Vic Fangio just didn't like Drew Lock and so that's why they went with Teddy Bridgewater. If you truly believe that a head coach in the NFL who has to win football games to keep his job usually is going to pick one quarterback over the other simply because he doesn't like him. I, I think that you're probably misreading the situation. I would venture that most people just didn't like the idea that we kept being told throughout that it was an open competition and that both quarterbacks could give this team a good chance to win and blah, 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 blah. All the preseason stuff bothered people. And if you were rooting for Drew Locke, that's great. I, I you know, I hope he, I hope he balls out the rest of the year. He didn't against the Raiders. Don't let that pro football focus grade fool you. And so, eh, you know, let's, let's, let's not even worry about that. If Drew Locke's the starter, I hope he plays well. If Teddy Bridgewater's the starter, I hope he plays well. There's no such thing as a conspiracy here. So take off your tinfoil hat and let's just talk about the football game. And my key to the game is for the offense to do something, anything, where a fully extended chub isn't the reason 
that the offense is where it is. I just imagine I'm, I keep seeing the gif of the little the guy poking the the things in. Come on, do something. Yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> that 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 is my key to the game. Like, do something. Do something. Yeah, I my my key to the game. It's the same key as last week. It's just a different game. The offense has to be better. The offense has to put points on the board. Uh, I'm not sure I think it's possible at this point, but that's what they have to do. I mean, you had an offense that was playing against, what was it, the 28th-ranked pass defense in the NFL, and they only scored three points against the Raiders. That was because of the offense. The defense pretty much did everything for them. Uh, How do you find any confidence in that? If you if you are a confident person going into this game, tell me, tell me which uh, prescription drugs you're abusing because that kiss can't be right at this point. And why are you confident? Yeah, I I just assumed it was because of the prescription drugs they were abusing. That's what that was. Oh, that was my but, assumption. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna we'll probably need to drink heavily. I mean, it's gonna the good thing is that it's in the new year, but it's not gonna feel like the new year because it's gonna feel like the last five years, even though it's the new year. Six, last six years. I just wanted to put it out there. Just the six. Is it six? Feels like six. Oh, I don't like it. <sighs> All right. So those are our keys to the game. Is there a player you're going to watch? Offense first, I guess. Why not? Not really. <laughs> no. Do I have to watch? Do I have to watch the offense? I, I don't know. Melvin Gordon. Maybe because if you didn't listen to the post-game podcast, I had him on my fantasy roster because I had to because Austin Eckler had the COVID. And Melvin Gordon played like he had the COVID because he did nothing. <laughs> he played like he was in quarantine. <laughs> that was, yeah, I, I could see so that. So maybe Melvin Gordon? Sure. At least I'll, he didn't fumble. Hey, there you go. Silver lining. Hey, he didn't fumble, so that means that he didn't turn the football over. And I didn't lose any points. There you Not go. That he had any points to lose to begin with. Well, if you have zero, See, to you lose. can't. You can't score points in fantasy if you don't do anything. There you go. That's a, another obvious statement. I like it. Uh, I'm going to watch. You know what? I'm. I am going to watch somebody. I'm going to watch Javante Williams. Sorry, I'm just. That's what I'm going to do. Is this is a Javante Williams fan club show? Uh, and I'm just going to continue being the president of the Javante Williams fan club, and. Um, so I'm just going to watch Javante Williams. Even, you know what I found interesting? And I'm going to say this. I know this isn't a a recap of the game. If you go back and watch Javante Williams in the Raiders game, he didn't have a lot of yards. We talked about that. 12 yards isn't very much, but those 12 yards, at least it's a point. It was, it's 1.2 points. And he had the touchdown, which gives you an extra six. So, and I think he had a catch or two. I can't remember. It doesn't really matter. But those 12 rushing yards. Probably overthrew him. Yeah, it was was just over his head a little bit. Or it bounced. Those 12 rushing yards were the most difficult rushing yards to get in the history of the NFL. And he he got them. So, you know, again, he turned probably negative four-yard runs into, you know, negative one-yard runs. That's what happened. And so I I just want to watch him run and be a monster on the field because that's what he is. And I, I appreciate that. And I think we should all appreciate that. So that's who I'm watching on offense. Uh, who are you watching on defense? Cause at least they show up before we get there. Oh, I have okay. to say that Vic Fangio had a quote on Monday 
about Pat Shermer that it, it, it bears repeating because it's just so stupid. And the quote was on Pat Shermer. Pat has a long history of being successful in this league, and I'm counting on that happening in these final two weeks. So first I would ask, what has he been waiting for? That would be my first question. Uh, that would have been my follow-up question. I, I'm, I'm not in the room, uh, and so fine. But I will also sort of – I will say this about that particular statement. And I just watched Bull Durham today. And if you've never seen the movie Bull Durham, what, what is, what, what's wrong with you? Fix that. You need, to, you need to change that. But there is a scene where Crash Davis, played by Kevin Costner, sits down with Tim Robbins, Ebby Calvin, Nuke Lelouch, or as I like to call him, Meat, and – teaches him how to give an interview just want to help the ball club just happy to be here good lord willing it'll all work out sometimes you win sometimes you lose sometimes it rains just think about that so the stock answer that means nothing that doesn't affect anybody if if you thought that Vic Fangio was going to get asked about Pat Shermer and he was going to say, man, that guy has sucked this year. I'm really sorry. There was no way he was going to say that. I wish he would have said it. We all wanted I will him say, to say it. I will say, people did mention he did it to Rich Scangarello. Whenever he had the opportunity to throw Rich Scangarello under the bus, he did it. I would need. And Rich Scangarello was better at his job than Pat Shermer. I, I would so honestly. I get it. Okay. At but honestly, Fangio has, has I don't grown and. I honestly, I honestly don't remember that. You want to send me a send me a clip or a, or, or something? That's fine. I'll, I'll be happy to to eat my words on that. But I I I don't believe most coaches in the NFL, most head coaches, are going to stand up at the podium and throw people under the bus just all the time. It's just not going to happen. And so, unless your name's Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick is Bill Belichick. He he doesn't like to tell people what his uh, <laughs> resolutions are for the new year. Did you see that? Did you see that that uh, woman? Uh, uh, that woman was the bra- is the bravest woman in the world. I I would count on her to to rescue me from a burning building, because she decided that she was going to ask Bill Belichick what his New Year's resolution was, because she was doing a piece on people doing things that would make them different or change. Lady, don't uh, you do you not know who you're talking to? Oh my gosh! It was like she jumped into the the tiger pit. And was was gonna survive with meat tied to her forehead, like I don't think so, lady. With Tiger King, <laughs> you see, you're not gonna survive that with meat tied to your forehead and a tiger biting at it. That's, you're not gonna live through that. And the Tiger King with you. Oh, what? Like, why would he be there though? He's in jail, right? He he was out on this point. Oh, okay, he made it out. Good for him. Good good for the Tiger King. He was pardoned. But I, I get your point. I do get your point. To to say to the media, hey, Pat Shermer's been good over the course of his career, and we're going to hopefully see that over the next two weeks. First of all, no, he hasn't. Okay, He's never a, been good. A cursory glance at Pat Shermer's job as a head coach and offensive coordinator shows that only twice has he had an offense that was in the top ten at any point. And both of those times, Brian Kelly was the head coach in Philadelphia, and he was the one calling the plays. So that's like saying Ed Donatel's a great defensive coordinator. No offense to Ed Donatel, but 
Vic Fangio is the one calling the plays. Same concept here. So, no, Pat Shermer has not been successful over the course of his career. I don't understand why he keeps getting trotted out there as an offensive coordinator and head coach candidate because he sucks at his job. Rant. Rant over. Rant over. See, when bad things happen, you go on a rant. I do. It's true. And that one spun out of control a little. I'll give you that. And I stand by my statement that Pat Shermer sucks at his job and that Vic Fangio wasn't going to say that. Because why would he? What does he care? In terms of the defense, <laughs> thank you. I'll be watching the whole pivot. defense. I really needed that pivot. I'll just be watching the defense because that's the only thing that shows up on this team. Yeah. Uh, Shelby, not, give not me Shelby here. I, I just, I just want to watch the defense. Yeah. Especially if we get another fully extended chub. Yeah, absolutely. You know who I do want to watch? And I know we're kind of all over the board here. Jonas Griffith. There's This is a guy yeah. who, sh- who has showed up, right? He and Baron Browning. The the two of them, the, the this these linebackers have they've 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 shown up. They've they've done their job. They've looked good. And I I'm happy to give them credit for that. I think that's fantastic. So uh I'll watch I'll watch them. Jonas Griffith and Baron Browning. They're on my list. Along with Shelby Harris, because that dude's awesome. And I, like I said, I'll just watch the defense. Just watch this. Whenever they're on offense, you'll just turn it off for 15 seconds. So that's about how long it takes to go three and out. And then you'll turn it back on and they'll be on, on defense again. Yep. <laughs> I'm fine with that. You got a prediction for the game? I do. I, I'm i a little more, I guess, in the dumps than you. I, I, I'm more uh, negative Nelly with this game because I think the Chargers are going to come out motivated. They're going to come out ticked off remember that the charge the chargers lost to the broncos when the broncos came off their bye i believe it was week 12 and the broncos beat the chargers 28 13 so they're going to have double motivation and i think this team is going to blow out the broncos i i legitimately think that herbert and the chargers are going to push a 50 burger i think they're not going to quite get there so I'm going to say 45-10 Chargers. Okay. So double – was that, is that anything like double secret probation, double motivation, double secret probation? Are the Broncos on double secret probation? Is that a possibility? They're on uh, double secrets. Uh, our playoffs are over, so we're going to try to play spoiler aside from someone uh, – aside from ourselves. Yeah, so their their GPA right now is 0.0. Uh, which is fine, whatever. I don't really care. I, I'm I'm going a different way on this, and we did talk about this. Is another thing we talked about before we started recording, uh, and and that is that you believe this will be a blowout game, and I do not. Um, I, who who has blown out this Denver Broncos team? And and I know you could say, well, the, the Chiefs did, and, and you could start to talk about you know how bad the offense has been, but I'm I'm specifically focused on what the what the opposing offenses have done against the Broncos defense. And the only team I can really think of is 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 the Eagles maybe and even then you have the fumble recovery return for a touchdown uh and so I'm not like I don't see the Denver Broncos getting blown out in the same way that you do. I do think that the Chargers are going to double their score. So maybe that's a blowout if you want to go that way. I also think that there won't be a lot of concern on the part of the Chargers for the Broncos doing anything on offense. So 
Maybe they, <laughs> because why, right? Why would you? So maybe, maybe they take their foot off the gas a little earlier. That, that's a possibility. I've had, I've heard people talk about that being part of the reason this defense doesn't give up a lot of points is because teams know they don't have to score a lot of points against them, which I don't I don't get that. That seems like the dumbest thing ever. Like you play to win the game, as Herm Edwards said, and not scoring points doesn't help you win the game. So I'm, I don't get that. But I'm going to go with 20 to 10. I think the Chargers do double the Broncos score. They win 20 to 10. I'm not a big fan of that, but uh, I don't know. At this point, as Scotty would say, anything to get that higher draft pick, I guess. All right, let's do this. Let's go ahead and take our whip around the league. And then when we come back, we will... We'll take a break, and then we'll do our whip around the league. Let's do it that way. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, Priceline. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Adam, the AFC West has some really good games coming up. We have the Raiders at the Colts and the Chiefs at the Bengals with huge playoff implications for three of the four teams. The Raiders technically still have a shot, but... That defense is not going to be able to stop Jonathan Taylor, even if Carson Wentz doesn't play. They're just going to hand the ball off to Jonathan Taylor and say, here you go, try to stop him. Yeah, I, I wish the Broncos would have done that with Javante Williams and uh, Melvin Gordon. Oh, they I think they kind of did for a while, and then the offensive line played like garbage. So there's there's that as well. No, I, I do think this is a an interesting game, though, in that the Colts are playing for – seeding obviously they are uh playing a team that they should beat i think even even without carson even without wentz. carson wentz and then with all the covid stuff and whatnot i it's it's hard to understand where we're at with all that and the changes and things and so i don't want to get into that conversation necessarily but i heard today an analyst on nfl network and i can't remember who it was say that carson wentz if is, is playing like he did in 2017 and that that Carson Wentz on this Colts team is a Super Bowl contender. I, I'm not sure I buy that, but it is interesting to note that there are people out there who are saying that, who see this as a team that can win the Super Bowl because of A, their defense, and B, Jonathan Taylor. Throw in a Add Carson, that offensive line. That offensive line is incredible, which I think helps Jonathan Taylor immensely. And then throw in a Carson Wentz that is playing at a high level, one that – he played at in a season that almost saw him win an MVP. I, I mean, they they are a team that is dangerous. So this this game is important because of all of the playoff implications and scenarios and whatnot. And also it's important just to sort of see what Carson Wentz are you still getting uh, if he is playing in the game. So 
there's there are some caveats there to that as well. But it is an interesting game just for those reasons. And then as far as Chiefs and Bengals, I mean, if Joe Burrow and the Bengals can do to the Chiefs what they just did to the Ravens, which I, I don't know, then like you said, Joe Burrow will be just as good as Drew Locke as a quarterback, and they'll <laughs> score all kinds of points against the Chiefs. And then can the Chiefs' offense keep up? They can, by the way, because we all know they can. But that that's, this could be one of those shootout games like we saw a few years back between the Chiefs and the Rams uh, when they both scored 50 points in that, what was it, a Sunday night game or a Monday night game? I can't remember. Sunday night, I believe. Sunday night game. So uh, this, could be a, this could be the funnest game of the day. And to go back to the Colts, there is not a team anyone in the AFC wants to see if it's the Colts. No, like, no, no don't want to play them. You want to play the Titans because Ryan Tannehill, whatever. They don't have Derrick Henry. That defense is too, it's too inconsistent. Yeah, they're suspect. And, and, little and you're sus. coached by a meathead. Yeah, a little sus, as the kids say. I, I still can't believe that the 49ers somehow found a way to lose that game, and the only reason they did is because of Jimmy Garoppolo. But the Colts are a team nobody wants to see in the AFC. What they did to the Buffalo Bills is something that they can do to any team in the AFC. And they they stomped a mud hole in the Buffalo Bills. And they'll do it again if the seedings hold up the way they are because as it stands right now, the Bills are the fourth seed. The Colts are the fifth seed. The Bills do not want to see the Colts again. No, the Bills are scrambling right now. They're like, we got to win every game, and we need the Colts to lose one game. We don't want to see those guys anymore because they are scary, and they are. There's that's a scary team. That's a you team know who else is a scary team of. right now? The Miami Dolphins. They're playing the Titans. I would not be surprised at all if the Dolphins go into the Music City and beat the Titans. They are the first team in NFL history to start one and seven and win eight straight. Yeah. Philip Lindsay was really excited to be a part of that. I saw him say that on, in an interview about how excited he was to be a part of all that. Uh, he was, he wasn't a part of all of it, but he did get there for a little bit of it. You know, good for Phil. Um, yeah. That's a, that's a team that has found their, their stride and uh, they have talent on the offensive side of the football for sure. If, if Tua Tagovailoa can be, a little bit more consistent. He played very well um, just, you know, against a, a bad Saints team with a good Saints defense. Let's let's that's be a, fair to the defense. Very, very good, good defense. defense. They played very well. And if he can be that Tua for the most part, that that is a dangerous team. That Miami Dolphins team is a dangerous team. So the AFC to me is is filled with teams that are so packed and close together and anybody could win on any given Sunday, and that's right, we got an in any given Sunday reference, that you you don't want to play certain teams, but quite frankly, you don't want to play anybody at this point. The only team I think that is out there that doesn't care who they play is the Chiefs. I, I think the Chiefs are are just that good, that they just don't care. Not, not a single team scares them. That doesn't mean there aren't teams that should scare them or shouldn't scare them, just that they don't fear anybody. 
Whereas, like you said, I think the Bills are afraid of the Colts. I think that's a that's a big one. So I, I think teams are afraid of the Miami Dolphins. I think that's another one that people are afraid of. So it, it, it'll be interesting to see if the Dolphins can continue to ride that wave into the playoffs. In terms of the rest of the games, I, I don't think the Cardinals are going to win a game the rest of the season. And that's pretty incredible. I mean, at least they've earned a playoff spot, so they don't have to worry about that. But now it's about seeding. The 49ers should regroup and beat the Texans, although we all thought that when they played <laughs> the Chargers last week. The team that's very interesting and, and the game that stands out to me is the Seahawks and the Lions. The Seahawks just lost to the Bears. I saw that. And now they face the Lions. I wouldn't be shocked if Detroit goes in to Seattle and beats the Seahawks. You know, it's that is an interesting point to make, and I'm curious because as we sit here in Broncos country, and I don't want to get into the quarterback conversation just yet because I think there are uh, a few scenarios out there that when we get into the offseason, which is coming, don't worry, we're going to be there. Um, there and they are... could happen as soon as the season is over because the trade deadline is lifted. Exactly. So, or I, the trade, no trade, no trade thing. deadline. The, Whatever. You can't trade you, until, yeah. You we, can't make trades until there's no deadline or set barrier to restrict trades. I'm glad, I'm glad we worked our way through that. We did that so well. But I, is is Russell Wilson after this season? Because he's been bad this season. Is he still one of those top-tier guys that, that people in Broncos country would want the Denver Broncos to target in a trade scenario? Or are they more interested in Aaron Rodgers? Or is Aaron Rodgers even interested in the Broncos? Would would Russell Wilson be interested in the Broncos? There's there's some stuff that that's still at play here that I'm curious about. So this this is an interesting game because it would be fascinating to see the Lions go in to Seattle and beat the Seahawks, a team that has been a perennial playoff contender for the last, I don't know, decade now. And the Lions have been a perennial ugh for the last 50 years or so. So if they were to go in and beat Seattle, that would be a big statement. But would it turn you off a little bit on Russell Wilson if he became available? That's a good conversation to have when the season is over. For now, we get to watch another meaningless football game. Go Broncos. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos. Broncos.